Oh, hey there, Bruiser Nation. Raise those anchors and get ready to wear the official merch of Bruiser Nation Productions. Visit BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com and show the world your love of the Bruiser Nation as you go about your day in style. We have Bruise Cruise Podcast and to the turnbuckle tees, hoodies, jackets, shoes, bags, and even pillows. You heard that right. Pillows. That's BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com. Once again, BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com. And remember, Bruiser Nation, stay good, because I'm always good. Welcome back. Hello, beautiful people. And I don't mean Velvet Sky and Angela Love. Not that they're not. Uh, Madison Rain as well. They're gorgeous, all of them. Uh, boy, we could have did a lot there. I'm surprised that Russo's deranged trying to didn't do more. Anywho. Anywho. Hey, I, I got no issues with Vince Russo. I reached out to him to be on this podcast multiple times. And his most recent quote to me was, Bro, I just don't have any time right now, bro. That's a direct quote from Vince Russo to my Twitter DM. It very much sounds yep. like a Vince he Russo went, quote. Because he went, bro, I just don't have any time right now, bro. It was bro, comma, I just don't have any time right now, bro. I can send you guys the DM if you'd like. No, I believe you. Um, So that was probably unprofessional of me to share, but it's not like it's inappropriate. Um, it wasn't like you blasted him. You just said, hey, I like the guy, and he doesn't have time for us right now. Yeah. It's not like you were like, well, oh, he's a terrible you know, jerk I don't for understand, saying no. Like, the like, big, like, there's a lot he did I completely disagree with, but I don't understand like the deranged hatred. Uh, of course, one guy kind of leads that charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the point. Yeah. You have to be that deranged. Uh, but we're it, only mildly deranged. But anywho, let's talk real quick before we get to dynamite. You know, I, boys, I got I want something. I, I got announced right here. You know, the ASWA show this weekend. I'm in, boys. I'm in. I'm in. It'll be a party like you haven't seen. Oh, Mansfield hadn't been this lively since the Amish were in it. Uh, it's going to be great. Yes, it will. What should I wear, McCarthy? Should I get a suit and tie on or? You know, or at least a nice dress shirt and a jacket, or what's going on? Uh, what, what is the, I'm, you know, I'm going to say, biz, you know, back in the day, casual, if you, if, if you want to be like in a polo, that's cool. You don't have to go suit and tie like I did. I, I'm not going to require that of anybody. If you want to, cool. It's awesome. 
But I mean, as long as you're wearing a polo, I'm good with it. Well, I mean, I was thinking kind of a hybrid. I'm thinking kind of a jacket and a dress shirt, but a nice pair of jeans for the sake of it. It'll probably I'm cool be with that. There. Uh, yeah, it gets pretty hot. Well, well, we're dead sexy. So the three of us. Tell you what, if we ever start an OnlyFans, we're in trouble, boys. I Man, money's coming. But our ladies will be upset, Napper. Ladies will be upset. I know. Well, maybe they would subscribe, though. Maybe. Uh, you know, do whatever they got to do. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Yours might. Mine, not so much. I'm not going there. Nope. <clears throat> nope. nope. I'm going to say that. Uh, but that's car time. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little dynamite, which will be the car time Saturday. <laughs> let's talk a little. Let's talk a little dynamite. Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, he's got the, his his theme song is the number one song on iTunes, I believe, or at least in the metal category. I believe it. Uh, he defeated Jungle Boy, and I was like, now this is how you kick off a wrestling show. This is how you kick off a wrestling show. If you didn't like this, something's wrong with you. I thought this was a great match. I, I wish Jungle Boy was getting more big wins. Because the one thing I'm very critical of AEW about is, frankly, the same thing we're all critical about at WWE about, is there's not a ton of homegrown stars yet uh, that really have had that moment. And I, I keep waiting on Jungle Boy to get that big push or the you know a TNT championship or something of, the, of that nature to never... Hasn't happened yet, but hopefully it will. Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on those complaints and thoughts on this match? I, I mean, this match was absolutely fantastic, and you're not exactly wrong about the young guys getting wins. The only guys I can think of that have been built up from the ground up that didn't come from somewhere else are Darby Allen and MJF. Yeah, told you. That's about it, but... And, the one thing about this match is there were times when you were like, oh, my God, Jungle Boy's about to pull this off. Even though, you know, in the back of the head, Adam Cole just got there. He's not losing. But there and, and that is a testament to both of them. The story that they told made you think, oh, my God, Jungle Boy's going to do it. He's going to do it. And one of these times they will pull that trigger on Jungle Boy. And I hope it's sooner rather than later because he is such a fan favorite right now. It's almost ridiculous that he hasn't gotten a championship or a signature win to hang his hat on and start shooting to the stratosphere of AEW. I agree. Uh, I was looking to see if I got a gift card in my wallet. I'm thinking of dinner plants. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree with you. Genuinely, I was like, do I have that gift card in my wallet? No, I agree with you. I Darby Allen and MJF are it. You know, MJF talked about that promo where he talked about pillars, and we'll get to that in a moment. And I'm just like, the, my big criticism, and again, we, we give to WWE as well, is, is where's the newer stars? Now, I think it's a little bit more fair in WWE. And I think it's more understandable they don't have them because again they have rating they have networks breathing down their neck. I think the draft shows that USA Network won, uh, where TNT's like just put some programming out there. I don't care. Go ahead, you guys are doing great. Like we let Shaq come up here and act a fool every NBA season. You do what you want. Well, there's nobody dies. So we don't care. So I, I wish that Darby had that big moment. You know, he did have the 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 you know small run, but. I, Frankly, I wish he was a world champion. 
Jungle Boy, same thing. Uh, wish he had that TNT title run or even a world championship run. I know it's a long way until we get there, but but man, wouldn't it be cool? Uh, just not a just not enough big wins for the guys that are AEW homegrown, AEW lifers. Uh, it, it's a little similar to me and what happened to TNA uh, when Hogan got there. Suddenly, it was like the guys that had been there aren't as special anymore, aren't as big a deal, and yet they, they're, they're laying that foundation for you to even care to limp your ass in. But we'll talk about that another time. Well, so, I yeah, think they're I making, this they are making strides in just these past couple of months yeah. since Tony Khan said, you know what, I don't care what you other VPs say. This is my show. I'm yeah. making the decisions. There's there's been a drastic I won't say drastic because he's been booking the shows this whole time, but there is definitely more focus on the younger talent in these past few months since Tony Khan took that power away from Cody, Kenny and the Young Bucks. Well, it's nice to see Tony out there not cuz I've always criticized Tony for feeling like he had the Bischoff syndrome because part of the problem with WCW was Bischoff wanted to be in with the boys. And so he didn't want to tell Hogan, no, we can't do this. And I know Hogan had the contract clause anyway that he could pull that, but I, but I feel like if Bischoff would have gone, look, Terry, uh, if we do this, there's long-term money in it for all of us. And he didn't do that enough. And so I, I respect and commend the, the new reports that Tony has gone, hey, guys, you still have a lot to say, but I'm going to start making the final, final call. And I really applaud that because I've been very critical of that. Um. What do you think of this match, uh, Mr. Napper? And what do you think of those reports, by the way, that we just referenced that Tony Khan is kind of, I'm not saying stripped all power away from the EVPs, but certainly being more of a Vince McMahon type figure and going, I'm going to make the final call, like it or not. I thought the match was good. I, I definitely focused more on that report and like how, I, I think it's a great idea to take that away from them. Not, not so much because I thought that it was a bad thing, but... We all sat here for a long time, and especially recently, with some of the decisions that were made on the program. And it's like, okay, whose idea was who has, whose idea was that? Mm-hmm. Whose idea was that? And you know, we all started to say, especially a lot, especially you and me, is like, you have all these talents in the room, and yet some of these decisions were still being made. And it's like, well, we can't blame everybody. Now there's only one person that you can blame. Mm-hmm. And not to say that we need to, but I think that's the way it needs to be when you're running a business like this. If you're going to have creative decisions like this being made for a show that you're investing money into, the buck should stop with you. It's fine if you want to give some con- creative control to a lot of your talent to better their character. But at the end of the day, the decision has to be yours. And you said it a lot. It really, for a long time, seemed like Tony Khan was just trying to be one of the boys. He was just trying to make everybody happy. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with trying to make your employees happy. But it was to the point where it almost felt like he was kind of getting stepped on. And to the point where decisions were being made that were questionable. Not terrible, but at times it was questionable. So I, I'm glad that he finally took over and put the put his hammer down and said, all right, everything stops here. It all ends with me, no questions asked. 
And it's not like he's doing a bad job either. Yeah. So. Because that's, you know, that's the one thing I've always said, at least with Vince, we, for better or worse, and we can always go, even if it wasn't his idea, he's going to get the blame because we know that's the, the ultimate guy. That's the, because it doesn't air on, it doesn't air on a WWE program without him at least giving the okay. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And so that's where I, I commend the, if this is true, I commend Tony 100% because yes, Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, those guys deserve to have a say. But it felt like a lot of them had more than a say for a long time. And so I commend that Tony's going, look, I'm the boss of this thing. We can we can agree, we can disagree, we can even talk it out. But come showtime, what we decide on is what I was okay with. And that's because that way we don't go, like you said, whose fault's this? Because that's what that's what TNA liked a lot of that. Because so often we would go fire Russo or fire so and so or fire Jeff. You know who should have got all the blame? Really, not even Hulk Hogan. It should have been Dixie Carter because it's your company. It's your company, and she needed to make herself out there enough and stand up to Terry or stand up to Eric or Sting or the NWO, whoever was there to. It should always still be on her because you are the one that is is the absolute leader of this show. And that there wasn't enough of that, and now we see where Impact is. Obviously, they're doing okay with Scott Demore, and he's, he's showing a lot of leadership. But I'm saying, I think a lack of leadership is what turned in, in Impact into what, unfortunately, it's become. Not putting it down, but they were on Spike TV, which is now Paramount. You know, they were, they were, they were pulling numbers that, that AEW hadn't approached yet, frankly. Now, a different time, you know, cable's uh, slowly dying, but there wasn't enough accountability in WCW, TNA, and things like that, where we can say for sure, for better or worse, we know who to blame in WWE, for better or worse. Good idea? Hey, way to go, Vince. Bad idea? What the hell, Vince? Um, and so I love that we're now getting that slowly but surely with AEW. If it's a good idea, hey, Tony, way to go. But if it's a bad idea, Tony, what the hell? That's the way it should be. It's your company. And and uh, to just kind of so piggyback off of that real quick we'll before on. we go to the next one. Go ahead. Um, so Jericho did an interview. I think he's the only one that didn't use his status to his advantage. And I think this is when Tony Khan turned the corner. When they were doing this with the pinnacle, Jericho came out just a month ago, did an interview and said, hey, we should probably break up the inner circle. Tony Khan said, straight up said, no, why? You guys can still be friends and go off and do your own thing. And I think when he made that call and Jericho has never argued with him over calls because Jericho's a professional. Mm-hmm. I think it really started to turn the gears in Tony's head that, you know what? I know what the hell I'm doing. One of the greatest professional wrestlers ever to live totally agrees with what I'm saying. I, and I think that's when he started to turn the corner and go, you know what? I'm making these calls. I'm not gonna, he's, he's not a jerk about it. Mm. He's approachable, but at the end of the day, you don't get to decide who wins your matches. Like Travis said, character work and promos, it's all you. He's not going to write words for somebody else. But as far as booking <laughs> wins and losses, it all coming to Tony Khan has been the best thing to happen to AEW since it started. Amen. Because, again, it's about accountability, and and, and I applaud that. 
Because absolutely, Tony Khan should have... We know this in media, boys. We're all out here trying to get a job and trying trying to make it and trying to have that big moment and get our big break and, and have it be done. The key, resume aside, skills aside, we have to believe it can be done. Tony Khan has to believe he, he knows what he's talking about. and he Because that's the key to anything in life. Tony Khan has to have confidence in the ideas he has. He has to, and he should, because he has a lot of good ideas. I've been very critical of some of them, but I'm also fair in saying there's some great things going on in AEW that he deserves most of the credit for. Uh, And so he has to have confidence in that. And so, yeah, I hope that when Chris Jericho doesn't argue with him, because he's damn sure got the right, he's Chris freaking Jericho, uh, yeah, you know what you're doing. Trust your, you know, trust your gut, trust your stuff. Uh, That's, that's, it's great. It's great for life. Um, you know, you didn't become, he has to, he has to have faith in the fact that, you know, has it overtaken and become the number one company? No, it hasn't, but he has to have faith in the fact that he's built, built a viable alternative that we arguably haven't seen since WCW and people have been trying to do that for decades. He's good, but, but if he, if he trusts his stuff more and over time, as he learns what not to do and what to do, he's going to be great. He's good, he, but if he keeps going at this rate, it'll be great. All right, uh, Kenny Omega in the lead faced off with uh, Brian Danielson. That, of course, spawned the Kenny No Balls Omega chance uh, that I'm sure is going to be a T-shirt here real soon on Pro Wrestling Tees and Shop AEW. Uh, and frankly, here was the best. It wasn't even that. wasn't that it was a great promo, but well, here's what I enjoyed most about it. You could see Brian Danielson flexing his freedom muscles. He didn't have to think about, I can't say this. He didn't have to think about, I can't say that. Where all can decide, everybody in WWE does that. Well, it can't go quite that far. Because, let's be honest, if... if but apparently we can say Big D. That, I, but I think you're right. <laughs> Look, that's that's, that, he was just referring to the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Right. <laughs> Right, even though they were in Nashville, Tennessee. Maybe Drew's a Cowboy fan. I don't know. Maybe he's a little lost. I don't know. Maybe he's not so little. Never Maybe mind. Maybe he took a little <laughs> too many claymores to the head. He is like 6'5". Yeah, so he's... Yeah, it's kind of high up there. It's you know? a tall fella. Yeah. As Seamus would say. Yeah, he's a real kickstand, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but, anywho... Anywho... <laughs> uh, that's what I enjoyed about this promo is the freedom you could tell that Brian Danison was enjoying. I do. I think it was the best promo in the world. No, I, I mean, Kenny, no balls Omega, Yeah. It worked for the room, but it's just like the rock getting people to chant popcorn fart. It worked because it worked not that because it was that great. If that makes sense, but it was great to see Brian Danielson go. I can just say this because you're not getting a no balls chant in WWE ain't happening. Because I probably shouldn't be saying it on the air. I'm not sure what that line is. But I, I of course, mean no tennis balls. Uh, and I, that's what I enjoyed about it. What about you, McCarthy? Did you get the sense that Brian Danielson was flexing a muscle he hasn't been able to use in a long time? I, I think he's been doing that every time that he's been on AEW television, especially with that promo with the Kenny No Balls comment. That very well may be. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's never going to be, oh, my God, 10 years ago, 
Daniel Bri- Brian Danielson said Kenny Noballs, but it's almost gonna be Kenny Omega specific as the what champ became to Lance Storm because they came out and started chanting it at him on Rampage. That that's not going away. I don't think Brian Danielson's ever gonna cut a promo with it again. But right now, that's it's it also helps with the crowd continuing to give heat to Kenny Omega. The one thing I will say is I think the aside from the fantastic matches we are getting from Brian Danielson, where he's allowed to do whatever he wants in ring because Vince, as as Brian Danielson has said, Vince was super overprotective of him and Mm -hmm. understandably so Um, it's, it has to elevate the short part of Kenny's game, which we can all say is the promos. Now, part of that's he spent his whole career in Japan where promos aren't as prevalent, but he's in America now. And Brian Danielson is really showing that he is lacking in that promo department. And hopefully he starts to get better at those promos. Yeah, uh, look, I think that you're right. Uh, hopefully this elevates that because it's the, you know, I know we take a lot of shots at Kenny Omega on this show as a, as a fun sort of, you know, you got to remember, folks, most of what we say, while our opinions are accurate, the over-the-topness of them, like, yes, my, I'm making fun of Urban Meyer a lot in today's show. Am I really that upset about it? No, because nobody's perfect, but I'm going to, I joke about everything. That's how I get through this thing called life. Um. So you have to remember that a lot of what we say is almost parody in terms of the over-the-topness on this show, uh, except for the fact that Kenny Omega has no charisma, of course. I was just going to say, except uh, for Kenny Omega stuff. We are but, not joking about that. But, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. He's got the most charismatic knee in the business. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can now, say. if only the knee could transfer the rest of the talent to the rest of his body. Yes. Ouch. Because if, 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 if talent was transferable, Nikki Bella would have got a lot further. Uh, so we know that it's yeah, not. I agree. It's what we know. I shouldn't say that. She was okay. Uh, she, she's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but, but, We're still not sure why, but she's a Hall of Famer. I think I think Bree is pretty talented. Yes, I thought Bree was the more talented of the two. Yeah, but obviously not in certain skills. <sighs> I said it. <laughs> I didn't disagree with it. What what skills? Uh, crochet, maybe knitting. Uh, you know, whatever. Just okay. Uh, but in all seriousness, yeah, we know that's the one thing in Kenny Omega's game where it's like, man, wish you were a little better on that front, that the, the promo front. And so hopefully this experience with Brian Danielson and we know eventually a CM Punk feud will, will, will bring him to a level we didn't know he had. Sort of like we're getting now with Brock Lesnar. We didn't, we didn't really know Brock Lesnar had this in his game. But now you're stepping up with Roman Reigns and, of course, the maestro of the microphone, Paul Heyman. And so you have to up that game and maybe tap into a version of yourself you didn't know existed. And hopefully that's what we get with Omega, and that would be great. And I'll be the fir- and I'll be the first to commend it if it happens. We're not there yet, because um, I'd love to never hear or think about sixty nine me Don one more time. Yeah, you sound like a real badass, pal. 
Um, Kenny, uh, never mind. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeated Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Uh, of course, this match was okay. You know, it was just okay. The big news coming out of this segment was Arn Anderson proved what people like me have always known. The enforcer is still in there. He's just old now. Even though he was born 35. So he's really only aged about 30 years. I mean, he came out with a full beard, I'm sure. Um, He cut this incredible promo on... It was honestly probably a little too graphic for TV. Probably, if I'm being honest. Because I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying the term Glock on the air. Uh, so he cut one that was real close to the bone. This, I'll tell you what, this would have fit better in terms of content, purely content on Rampage. It's late night, you know, it's, it's a different era, different time. People might be doing something they shouldn't be doing on Friday night, late at night. You know, it's a different, different vibe. Mr. Napper, I know that McCarthy is waiting with bated breath, so obviously we have to be fair and go to you first. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That's how it works. What'd you think? (laughs) What'd you think (laughs) of the match? And, of course, the Arn Anderson promo. Is this the official split up of uh, Cody and the head coach, the enforcer himself, Arn Anderson? Or is this tapping into the heel side eventually of Cody Rhodes? Please. Um. Sorry, McCarthy. I could see how angry and just fueled with rage that you are. So, what is I it? I really want to screen capture that look right now. What does this mean for the future of Arn and Cody? Is is Arn breaking away entirely? What's going on? And what'd you think of the promo? Are they breaking what, up? Was it was it too graphic for TV? Uh, let me know. I did think it was a little too graphic for TV because it was like. Okay, we're talking about blowing someone's brains out. Cool. All, all, all over the concrete. Uh, too far, Ron. Too, uh, too far. Uh, hey, you know, which hey. is kind of funny because some of the matches they've had, I would think, would be too far. But, it, hey, it, what do I know? N-R-A backwards is spelled A-R-N. I'm telling you, people. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, I saw that one, too. <laughs> I did, too. I think this is a split between them, and I think that's a good thing. I I would be totally fine if it's just, you know, tapping into the heel side of Cody. Because at some point, please, God, in the next year, can we have him turn flipping heel? I'm thinking six months tops. Six months, one year, next week. I'm good with that, too. I'm good with that, too. I was trying to be generous, but now, it. but now you got to get to the moment for it. Now we're not. There's no moment to build to it. See, it, we we need. I, I want it to happen, but we do need a little bit of a story with yeah. it. Come on, you know what's 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 better when you get that significant other, you know, one night quickly. Or? This isn't the big show. We can't just make it happen in one day. Come yeah. on now. Because think about it, McCarthy. Uh, you know, we you have to salivate for it a little bit. You know. Uh, isn't it, isn't it better when you go on dates first and then you you finally get that gal instead of that, yeah, oh, we what, just ran into each other? Haven't we been salivating for it since Brody beat him for the championship? True, true. 
But the story on TV has got to take some time to build. I will say, I do hope it's sooner rather than later. Like like you said, six months, I think, would be the barometer of how long I'm willing to wait for this to happen. Because we just talked about with Tony Khan, how he makes all the decisions, hopefully, hopefully makes all the decisions. He cannot be deaf to the fact that Cody's now getting flat-out booed almost at this point. Like, it, it's gone from, all right, cheers, woohoo, baby face, face of the company, woohoo, to, dear God, get off my TV screen. I don't want you anymore. Get out of here. Like, there has been a change with Cody Rhodes. Now, there's still diehard Cody Rhodes fans. I still have the T-shirt. I like the T-shirt. Are you buying more T-shirts? I'm not buying more Cody Rhodes T-shirts. but I why, why aren't you buying more Cody Rhodes T-shirts? I don't know. I mean, I do. This is an interesting. I'm, I'm not even playing a game. I'm serious. You just ruled out. You said, I'm not buying any more Cody Rhodes t-shirts. Why? Because there's so many other pro wrestling t-shirts that I want to buy. No. Right. But you just ruled it out. Is that because you're losing interest in the character? What is it? Yeah, I am. You're not supporting him as hard as you were? I'm not talking about from no. a personal standpoint. I'm, I'm talking about from a character standpoint. Is he not doing it for you anymore? What's going on? No, not really. So you're like, it's, it's that, like we talked about, it's that cookie-cutter baby face bull crap that's basically shoved down our throats, and it doesn't work. But, like, we're, but we're John Cena fans. Aren't we hypocritical for, for complaining about that? Yeah, Cause probably. Because John Cena is the ultimate cookie-cutter, <laughs> been doing the same thing. I, John plays into it. Well, but but let me play devil's advocate on that. I'm not going to call you guys hypocritical because during this whole time we've wanted Cody to turn, he's done heelish things. Like that 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 American promo he cut before he wrestled the boxer. That that was kind of you got to read, you know, the the temperature of the room. He no one was feeling that and he got booed for it. He he patented, you know, he got inspiration for ring gear from a bad guy on a superhero show. Like John Cena never went that direction with it. He never almost did heel things. Except he just always did John NWO Cena shirt. things. One time in this weird ass universe. <laughs> <laughs> it was a multiverse. It's totally fine. Yeah, it's good. Totally fine. Um, he even dyed his hair black. We brought that up the last time. Like, he even dyed his hair black. And you're thinking, all right, this is the moment he's going to turn heel. He's got the black hair back. And then he dyed it back to blonde. The, the blonde, baby. Which I don't understand. He looks better with black hair. I, why, why dye it blonde? I think he's trying to pay tribute too much to his father and brother. I think so, too. It's kind of dumb. Uh, that's I get me. it, but it, it, to me it's kind of dumb. So, so... You, you don't feel like a hypocrite at all, though, for, for for dissing Cody in that way when, like I said, you and I are John Cena fanboys, that if he popped up tomorrow, we're there. I mean, I got the T-shirt and everything. No, because like I was going to say, John plays into it. Like, he he knows. Is he, it because it feels authentic? Is that why? Where Cody, Cody doesn't anymore? That's basically what I'm getting at. Is it, it feels like he's oblivious to it. Where John knows it's flipping happening. He actually holds the mic out when they're saying he sucks. Like, Cody's just, I'm just going to keep being this babyface cookie-cutter guy. 
and not care what anybody else is doing. So, but my question to you, and this will go to both of you, but if you first, can you get back invested in Cody Rhodes enough to buy T-shirts? Because frankly, that's what the that's what this business is about, right? I would buy more T-shirts. I just I like you know. Right. It Hold on. Yeah, but, waiting for my Macho Man shirt. Oh yeah. Uh, but so can you get back invested enough in the character to buy merch per se? Let's forget about the other ones you want right now. If he starts doing what John does and that isn't going heel, but acknowledging that, that, Oh, you want me to too bad. I don't think he's that guy to me. He's never played off as that kind of guy that could, does he have it in him? I don't think so. He's either got to be full on heel or not at all. And it, like he to me he can't do both. I've never seen him do it. Maybe that's the problem. I've never seen him play both or never been that kind of tweener guy that can acknowledge the fact that he's getting booed but still kind of be the baby face. Mm-hmm. I only recognize him as either the, you know, cookie cutter baby face, you know, the character type of guy when he was Stardust. Or the heel I saw in Ring of Honor, the heel I saw in Impact Wrestling, the heel I saw a little bit with New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's the only Cody Rhodes as a heel that I know. And so judging off that, I don't think he can play both. I don't think he can be the babyface but acknowledge what's going on. Because it just doesn't seem like that's his character. All right, let's let's go to McCarthy. McCarthy, what do you think? Uh what if he didn't turn heel? What if he started to do what John does, which is acknowledge, you know, because when I saw, there's, I know that on TV he now gets almost unanimous great reactions. But in Detroit, when I went to that live event, it was a 50, it was old school. It was 50-50, John Cena sucks, uh, and all that. So can Cody be authentic and acknowledge that split? Or is I'm not going to say is he not talented enough because it's a rare breed that can. But can he can he remain a babyface, acknowledge those things, and be successful like John is, or does he have to turn heel? I think he has to turn heel. Being a heel is him, and yet he he's so good at it. And you hit the nail on the head. It's a rare professional wrestler that can run that fine line of still staying in character and because at the end of the day John Cena didn't care he's always wanted the fans to have a voice so it didn't bother him as much that he's getting booed I think it drives Cody insane and that's a problem you're getting a reaction go with what the fan base wants which is one of the things Cody claimed that AEW was going to do which more often than not they do but if you hedge your horse to wanting to stay face for whatever reason, you're making yourself a hypocrite. He said, when this company started, we're here to give the fans what they want. Well, right now, we want Cody to be a heel. First and foremost, you know, 85-90% of the time, AEW gives what their fan base wants. They listen. But for some reason... Cody refuses to listen and it now it's becoming detrimental because I like Cody more than Travis. Part of that's because I met the dude at a giant Eagle 10 years ago, nine years ago. He's a super cool dude. 
So he's already lost faith. He's not trying to buy a Cody t-shirt anytime soon. I haven't even bought one and I like Cody Rhodes, but it's getting to the point for me where I'm tired of the cookie cutter baby face Cody Rhodes. I've been saying it for almost a year. You need to turn heel. I said it, what, I think it was last week, the easiest way to cement your heel turn. You know what? You remember when I said I would never wrestle for the AEW championship again? Well, I'm an EVP. I'm wrestling for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Now, he would lose, of course, because it's Tony's call at the end of the day. But just that right there makes him a complete turnaround into being a heel that he needs. He needs a refresher. You you got to change it up every so often. Even Chris Jericho, who's better as a heel than a face, not that he's a terrible face with no strings on him. Even he, who is one of the best heels in this in the history of the business, turned around and went face after two years. In a company that he has complete, total freedom over his character and his promo work. That should tell Cody something right there. And to get back to Arn's promo a little bit, I don't think it was too much t- for for TV for the simple fact that TNT has John Wick playing on the regular. If they yell at Arn Anderson for mentioning Glock and pulling somebody out of a car that they were trying to steal from him and handling it his way, there's a problem with your programming altogether. And here's another Jericho reference. Only time they've ever gotten yelled at was when they were smoking cigars. Fair point. Fair point. I, I haven't read any rumor that, that they are upset. I was just curious. I don't think I, they I remember, are. I remember watching it uh, last week and kind of going, damn, that's awful far. Not that I, I'm an ECW fan. I don't, I don't personally care. You can't offend me. But I know I'm a rare breed. I, I understand that. I understand that I don't think like everybody else thinks. And we're in a... In a more sensitive culture, for be- sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Uh, and so, I, no, you can't offend me. I don't care if you strip naked. Whatever. Like, if I'm offended, I, I'm i saying I understand what a lot of people don't in today's world. I can change the damn channel if I'm that uncomfortable. That doesn't mean I can't point out that eh, that was a little much. But, no, you can't really make me go. <sighs> like, I watch ECW. Um like I'll watch a death match with Nick Gage and and get some level of enjoyment out of it, even though he's not the finest human being on the planet. Um, but that's all right. Who is? It's okay. Who is? Hi, Nick. Um, I would like. I would. I would interview Nick on this show. What? I, you know, I would. Whatever. Would you guys interview Nick Gage? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Sure. Yeah. I, believe me, I've said I would interview a lot more controversial names than him. We've talked about of, it off of, air. Of course, we'd probably have to not simulcast that on Score on Air. Yeah, that that yeah. that would probably not make the Ohio Media School appreciative. Yeah, that would. Yeah, but yeah, I would totally yeah. interview him. Yeah, yeah, boy, can you imagine him walking in here? <laughs> That'd be cool. Jason and as long as get Ron, fired. As long as, as long as Rhonda didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> I honestly think she would. Like, within the first... I'm not going to say based on looks alone, because she's not that way, no. But you give him five minutes with her, and she will go, 
get him out of my building. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll be like, yes, ma'am. But it's really going to be good. Watch the views on this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a chance. I wouldn't want to go virtual just for my own safety. There are very few. I've only ever been afraid to meet one wrestler, and he did. He passed recently. New, New Jack. Jack. But I kind of figured. But that's the only one I've ever gone. I don't know if I'd meet him. But you know what? If I met him, he probably would have went well. Because I'm probably getting a little caught up in the kayfabe. Because even though he's a guy that is who knew who knew who knew what was kayfabe and what wasn't, I don't know. But. Uh, yeah, that's a different topic for a different time. Uh, but yeah, Orange promo was great. It proved that he's still the enforcer. One more question on that, McCarthy, and then we'll move it along. Is this the breakup of Arn and Cody? What is this? We didn't get a chance to talk about that a whole lot. Um, I think it needs to be, because I don't think Cody Rhodes ever needed Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. Arn Anderson is better used for younger talent. Do you imagine if he hitched his horse to, like, not that, like, like Jungle Boy, for instance? Just to coach him through those little young youngster mistakes, like because they pointed Excalibur pointed out on commentary, the 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 fan base is starting to get into the head of Jungle Boy a little bit, and he's posing and and doing stuff to where if he had a, a veteran coach out there, which is Arn's gimmick, to tell him, dude, you can't do that. You're wasting time. That cost you that matchup with Adam Cole. Then we have a reason for a coach. Cody Rhodes has been in this business for like what 15, 20 years, damn near. Like he needs a coach. And oh, his father was the American Dream, so really he's been in his whole life. That's fair. Um Yeah, I, I never quite got it. I hope that this takes off with, with Arn and Lee. Because Lee needs it. We need a reason to believe yeah, in Lee. Yeah, Lee's a good good shot too. He'd be a I, great we need guy. A reason to, have to believe in Lee. Arn and Mark's over. like me that buy nostalgia and love nostalgia, love Arn. Suddenly, I, I by proxy, I, people like me, including myself, will become a Lee Johnson fan by proxy because you're like, well, that my guy, I love Arn, he's supporting Lee. Why the hell won't I? The next thing, oh, I already got the T-shirt because he's big, shoddy Lee Johnson. He can have a shotgun in one hand, and Arn's got the Glock back to back on the other on the back of the T-shirt. You're welcome. I probably would buy that. <laughs> I, whenever they bring Jake Roberts back to TV, I will buy his shirt. I mean that. I'm making that vow right now. As long as he does appear again regularly, I'll buy the shirt. I'll break the rule. I, but I'm waiting on him to come back to TV because I don't want to buy the shirt and then like, oh, he's he's been moved to a producer role. Well, great. Then I'll have a reason to wear this. Thanks. <laughs> so get your ass back on TV, Jake. I miss your raspy voice. Okay, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen defeated Bear Country. And uh, by the way, love CM Punk. Great on commentary. But you killed Eddie Kingston's entire gimmick. He could not have cared less about this match. And it showed. He didn't know if it was Bear Country, Bear County. And he's asking that live on the air. Like, wait till the picture in picture, bro. And then he kills Eddie Kingston's gimmick. Who's, you know, the rough, tough, borderline criminal New, York, New Yorker, right? He breaks out the non-kayfabe and goes, he's a Red Sox fan. What are you doing? What? 
Did you just forget that, like, this isn't Dark Elevation? We're on the air? But, like, ask those questions and make those comments sometime when you're not breathing into TNT's network. Mr. McCarthy, this match didn't mean squat to me. The This was the one time where, and I've... I never thought I'd say this in either company he ever worked for where I was like, get CM Punk off commentary. Now he doesn't care about this match. And it showed. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that this match was just there and it showed with the commentary at the entire table. There was no store that this was one of the rare instances where AEW just put a match out there to have a match and get everybody on there. And it, it showed with the way with the things CM Punk said and the commentary team as a whole. Nobody was into it because they knew it. Th- this had nothing to do with anything. Maybe if if someone would have been involved that has issues with either John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, or Darby Allen, there would have been a ju- some juice to this match. But th- there was nothing. It was just dudes going out there doing stuff for five minutes. I, I stared more at Sting because I just like him more. It's fair. Uh, what do you think of the commentary? Like I said, I didn't care for CM Punk literally almost because he went, is it county? Is it country? And then, like I said, he kind of poo-poos on uh, Eddie Kingston's gimmick by going, he's a Red Sox fan. I just thought that, that CM Punk got a little too comfortable. Do you agree or not? I'm not going to really fault him for the the bear country thing. That actually brings a little bit of realism to the commentary desk because we all know CM Punk didn't follow wrestling very closely for these seven years. Mm -hmm. So should he have done his homework being on commentary and know who these people are? Sure, he should have. But also brings some realism to do. He doesn't know who everybody is in AEW and makes him seem a little more... I don't want to say human because they're all humans, but you know everybody's got this huge persona. They never want to make a mistake, blah, blah, blah. It, it brings you a little bit closer. But yeah, he probably shouldn't have mentioned that Eddie Kingston is a Red Sox fan when half of his gimmick is, you know, being from New York. Yeah, I just I just didn't uh, – you know, I expect better from him, I guess. You know, it's just out of character for him. What were your thoughts, Napper? Oops. Oh, I didn't like it. Per se, um, I I, I kind of agree with McCarthy. I'm not going to give him total crap for the Bear Country thing. The whole Red Sox thing, I do think is like, all right, now you're getting a little bit too comfortable and a little bit too into it. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a, it, it was a filler match, basically what it was. You know, we always say filler match. It was a filler match because they just they put it there just to be there. So odd when you consider John Moxley, Darby Allen, and Sting on the outsider in this match. Right, and, and the that's filler. the part that made me very confused and very kind of frustrated. Is like we've been saying for weeks, what are we doing with Darby Allen and Sting? What happens with Darby Allen now after the Punk match? And our answer is this. Cool. In fact, you know, you don't even get that. You get. You get the Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Because I don't care as much as Orange Cassidy doesn't care about anything. This was stupid. Almost as stupid as the commentary. This was probably more dumb. 
because why? And it, it's really frustrating, too, because Eddie Kingston and John Moxley have been a team for how long now at this point? At least a couple months. Mm. Have we done anything with them? Yeah. They are probably one of the more entertaining teams on the roster, and we've treated them like absolute shit. I can't even say crap. They've treated them like shit. It's embarrassing. And I really wish they would at some point do something with them, but I don't think that's going to happen. Instead, you're feeding them consistently to teams that do not matter. How long did that 2.0 feud go? Quite a bit. It's frustrating. Yeah, that's that's odd when John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Sting and Darby Allen feel a little lost in the shuffle. That's it's really weird given the the caliber of names they they all four are. Um, just just really, and, how do you fix that, McCarthy? Well, first of all, I know John Moxley's living his best life wrestling wherever the hell he wants, and but you got to reel that back a little bit so you can involve him in storylines and. I like them as a team. I know they've done the feud, but I kind of feel like, kind of like Travis was saying, once they started teaming, they they kind of lost their way and lost their way in the shuffle, kind of like how they've lost their way with Lance Archer as far as AEW booking goes. And I think, after thinking for a second, I think I understand why CM Punk mentioning that Eddie Kingston is a Red Sox fan is so egregious to us because CM Punk is super close to Renee Paquette and John Moxley. Like super close. Like does Renee's show from their house close? So of all people that would know not to mention that Eddie Kingston is a Red Sox fan live on TNT, it should have been CM Punk. I don't know. I don't know. All right, Orange Cassidy in the Dark Order uh, defeated the Hardy Family Office. This had the feel-good moment, a negative one, and 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 Brody Lee's wife uh, coming out. And it as long as the Dark Order stopped fighting now, great. Then it did what it needed to do. But I swear, if they're fighting again in three weeks, then why do we do this? I mean, just because... Negative one is kind of involved in storylines here and there. So that's one thing. But to get Amanda involved is a whole different um, can of worms. So I hope this was that it's time you come back together and stay together for a good little while. Hopefully, Heyman Page is coming back soon. I know he's got a kid, but, but the Dark Order felt really lost. Um, or Bray Wyatt, let's where where sign him, even Strowman, something. Just what'd you think of all this? And is it the thing that brings the Dark Order back together? Napper, I'll start with you. I think you're right. I think it should be. Whether or not it actually is, I'm not entirely sure. I do think AEW's done a good job of keeping consistency with that kind of stuff. But let's see. I, I really hope it is. Like you said, it does kind of feel like they've lost their way now that Hangman's gone. I wouldn't mind seeing Bray Wyatt. I think his contract or his 30 days is up, or it's going to be. He's He was under a 90. It's up in next month. 
Doesn't he also, though, have a clause where he can deny that, though? I don't think so. If he would have, you would have thought he would have done it for last week. Yeah, you would think so. Well, you could, but, and I know that there's a lot of rumors that Strowman, uh, you know, I know Adam is his real name, but 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 uh, some say he's going to be called Titan even, that it, that it could be going to Impact. But with the very close relationship that Impact and AEW have, you could have Strowman show up and allude to Bray Wyatt for the next month. Yeah. You could. Uh, really could. I'm saying to, to give it, because, and I must, it doesn't have to completely lose its humor, but it, but it needs to only have humor in certain spots, if that makes sense. Overall, it needs to become more serious again. You can do the occasional Colt Boom Boom Cabana, like, funny spot, but. And honestly, they could have a lot of fun with this, because for the longest time, the joke was, we're not a cult, we're not a cult. Well, there's a new cult that might be on the horizon here. So I, I would love to see like a little inner cult feud. Or we could, we could, uh, by the way, can, when are we getting CM Punk versus Boom Boom? Because they fought it out. They're going to freaking milk that till probably like a revolution. Because they have fought they it out in the courtroom. They fought it out in the ring. Let's get this done. Because what's, 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 what's Cole Cabana doing in the Dark Order? Anything? Have He's hanging Cole, out Cole, with Boom, his friends. Boom, Cabana t-shirt off that. I'd have bought it. Like, what about you, McCarthy? What, what do we do with the Dark Order? Uh, I think this Wednesday night was the catalyst that, that brought them together. And I don't think they're going to have a leader per se. Unless it's evil Uno. I think Wednesday night with the motivation of Amanda Huber and negative one has turned everything around for the ones that didn't want to accept that Adam Hangman Page wanted some space away from them. See, the other half that was cool with it and let him get beat down were like, we don't need Adam Page. We were fine without Adam Hangman Page. And that's okay. I don't think the Dark Order does need Adam Hangman Page. I think Adam Hangman Page shows up in 25 hours or 26 hours, whatever the casino ladder match is, as the Joker in the casino ladder match so he can take the title from Kenny Omega. I think that's where this is going, and I think that the Dark Order has realized that they are they, they are stronger together, and they don't need a de facto... I'm the leader right now. They need to stay together, make unified decisions that are best for the Dark Order, not best for Adam Hangman Page. And yes, I love Johnny Hungy, but he's gotten lost in the shuffle because of this feud. Meat man. They could put Johnny They could push They could push him to the mountain with the Dark Order behind him. Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, all of these guys have the talent and have been in this industry long enough if they have a faction like that to really shoot to the moon. And and they need to get away from bringing people in. Now, if if Wyndham or Wyatt, whatever you want to call him, whatever he's going to be called, if he signs and he's right. there and he takes charge, I will totally not complain because that will give the Dark Order that edge that, that Travis was alluding to where they're a little too comical sometimes. I'm not going to complain about that. 
years down the road, but it feels like at least right now, storyline wise, obviously the man's gonna, uh, the young man's gonna grow up and may make own different choices. But right now, he feels like the, you know, the it feels like it's all his to take whenever he's mature enough to take it. I think he does wrestle. I really do. So I think he does too. He, I, you can tell that he loves wrestling. Um, he's the he is the de facto leader. As, as crazy as that sounds, storyline wise, the Dark Order for now. Again, he may make different decisions down the road. Obviously, he's got a lot of growing up to do, literally and figuratively. Um, he throws paper as good as his dad. Absolutely. Uh,